Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Air Raid Attack Podcast. As always, you can feel free to listen to the podcast on iTunes and Google Podcasts, as well as Anchor.fm, and also download us now on iHeartRadio, as well <clears throat> as well as Spotify, Breaker, and uh, so much more. We'll get to those here shortly. Uh, kind of having a slow end on my end of the bargain, but glad to have uh, Brad from Pint Glass Football Podcast, a good friend of mine. Uh, glad to have him. How are you doing, Brad? Good. Really excited to talk some football with you today. So thanks for having me on the show. It's glad to. Uh, it's an honor to have you on, and we got a lot to talk to uh, talk to about. Of course, a lot of a lot of action in regards to the free agency. Um, of course, the biggest one I would imagine across free agency is quarterback Tom Brady is no longer a New England Patriot after practically 20 years with the franchise. He has taken his talents to Tampa Bay on a two-year, $50 million deal. Um, Brad, what? how do you look at this from a Tom Brady aspect? I think he's about 42, roughly. He wants to play at least till he's 45. But again, uh, what does it look like? What does it look like in regards to in regards to the Tampa Bay moving forward in with Talon Brady? Uh, this this was really interesting. You know, going into free agency, there Tampa Bay really wasn't on a lot of people's radar. You know, even Vegas didn't think Tampa Bay was a very likely landing spot. So I think he really shocked the world with this move. But as far as a football uh, point of view. You know, it's going to be interesting. Brady seemed like he kind of took a step back last year, you know, still playing at a pretty high level. Like you said, at 42, you know, he still looks like he can play, but he didn't look quite like the Tom Brady we had seen just a few years ago. And part of that might have been New England. You know, he didn't really have a lot of weapons around him, you know, outside of Edelman, you know, with Gronk being gone, the O-line didn't look quite as good as they have looked. And he didn't have a lot of uh, solid, like, veteran receivers. You know, he had a lot of young receivers around him. So I think this is an opportunity for Tom Brady to kind of move on and see if he can prove to everyone that it wasn't just the New England system, it wasn't just Belichick, that, you know, he wants to show everybody that, like, hey, I'm, I'm a big reason why this team is so great, and he wants to show it in a, in a different place with Tampa Bay. Um He's going to have the chance to do that, you know, with Mike Evans. He's going to have a big-time player at wide receiver now. And with Bruce Arians' system, it you know, it'll be interesting to see because I don't think Bruce Arians' system is really one that really fits Tom Brady's game. You know, he Bruce Arians' system traditionally likes to take a lot of shots downfield, a lot of big shots. That's not really Tom Brady's game. But I would imagine they're going to work together and, and kind of come up with a system that fits him better. So it, it's going to be really fascinating. I agree, and of course, you know, uh, Tom Brady last year probably wasn't one of his better performances, personally from a from his aspect and from his standards. Of course, um, being outed um, in the first round, pretty hardcore to Tennessee, which eventually went on to the AOC Championship game. Um, with OJ Howard, do you see OJ Howard potentially being a one of the dark horse secret weapons for Tom Brady heading into twenty twenty with Tampa Bay? I think so. And, you know, that's interesting. You brought up O.J. Howard as well because uh, tight ends generally are also a position that doesn't get a lot of love in the Bruce Arian system. But if you look at what Brady did with Gronk over the years, you know, he obviously leans on the tight end. So I think O.J. Howard could become a big factor for Tampa Bay this next year. 
And, uh, you know, with him and Evans, he's definitely going to have a lot more playmakers at his disposal. Mm -hmm. And Tampa Bay, you know, they weren't uh, a playoff team last year. They were kind of just on the outside. And with Brady, I think they are, are probably a legitimate playoff contender at this point. You know, I don't know if they're a Super Bowl contender, but I think this definitely makes them interesting in the uh, NFC South for sure. I would agree. And, of course, the NFC South, you know, you got New Orleans, which is a team that is hard to hard to beat regardless if they're in New Orleans or on the road. But with Drew Brees, you can never count them out. Uh, Tampa Bay, of course, now is on the rising. Carolina might have stepped in a step back. But, again, with Teddy Bridgewater, uh, how do you think that's going to look with Matt Rule, the new head coach, of course, out of Baylor, who I'm familiar with in Big 12 country, um, your thoughts on Matt Rule's hire with Carolina and also the um, signing of Teddy Bridgewater. What will that do now with Cam Newton? He's declining that he was asking for a trade. But regardless, is Cam Newton's days in Carolina uh, over? Yeah, I kind of think that, that his days are done there in Carolina. It seems like that situation has really soured. And I, I think that Carolina is – well, obviously they've came out and said that they're going to try to shop cam newton i don't really know how much interest they're going to get for him he's on the you know coming on the other side at 30 now he's had a lot of injury plagued years in, in recent seasons hasn't really looked like the mvp that we saw a few years back and i don't know you know it's it's interesting to see where he ends up but as far as bringing in teddy bridgewater i think the writing's on the door and i think that uh, cam newton's certainly on his way out and It'll be really interesting interesting to see which NFL teams show interest in him because, you know, he, with all that being said, he's got to have some gas left in the tank. And, you know, with all the teams that could still use a quality quarterback, maybe even a bridge quarterback for a young guy, um, you would think Cam Newton would get a shot somewhere. I would, I would, I absolutely. And Cam Newton, you know, again, don't count him out by any means, but uh, he hasn't been the Cam Newton since the MVP year. I believe that was the year they went to the Super Bowl and, and lost to Denver. Um, haven't been the same since. I know Vaughn Miller was kind of uh, torturing that, that game, but nonetheless, uh, I'm sure Cam Newton will find a talent. I'm guessing probably Chargers would be a good, interesting uh, team. I think might make a run. They may go ahead and keep it with, um, a potential rookie like Justin Herbert or however they decide to uh, to go in the draft. But your thoughts on the on Atlanta, and I know this wasn't one of the questions, but curiosity, could you see Cam Newton going to Atlanta with an aging Matt Ryan? I don't think it's likely. Um, you never know in the NFL, but I think Cam Newton is probably going to try to get – you know, to a place where he can have a, a chance to start. I, I doubt he's going to want to sign somewhere where he's going to be the backup quarterback. Um, I think Matt Ryan still has some some good years of football left in him. You know, I mean, you never know. It could it could happen, but I, I don't I don't see that happening. I think more than likely, you know, maybe he goes up to Washington and uh, gets back with Ron Rivera, maybe becomes a bridge quarterback for Dwayne Haskins, you know, a situation like that, or, or a team that really is looking for a guy that can come in and be a starter. I, I don't think he's going to be happy in a backup role. This kind of curious, because I know, of course, with Atlanta and Matt Ryan being a, you know, court aging quarterback, you never know exactly, like you said, in the NFL, anything's possible. Um, <clears throat> what's going to switch gears real quick to a, another football league that unfortunately took the hit um, from the coronavirus, the COVID-19, the XFL. 
P.J. Walker, the outstanding, in my opinion, the outstanding quarterback with the Houston Roughnecks, getting a lot of a lot of interest from some teams. I know Arizona, Seattle. I read a tweet this morning that Denver is highly interested in him. Now, not for sure in regards to what they have in mind with P.J. Walker, of course, with Drew Locke at the helm. I highly doubt it's going to be a quarterback. Do you see P.J. Walker, one, being a quarterback in the NFL? Of course, he did slightly well in the XFL or do you could could you see him as a receiver type quarterback to a receiver that we see quite a bit uh, often uh, Terrell Pryor for example at Ohio State quarterback to a receiver trans uh, transfer transition there we go yeah it's it's definitely interesting you know PJ Walker really lit it up in the XFL I mean you know and the reports are saying you know like you had stated uh Possibly Arizona, Seattle, and Denver are all showing interest in him. The Cardinals and Seahawks, you know, they both um, probably see him more as a backup. And But with Joe Flacco being released in Denver, I mean, I know they've got Drew Locke, but maybe they want to bring in this guy as a backup or even a guy as, as kind of a safety net in case Drew Locke doesn't take that step forward. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting, but I do think that he showed in the XFL – that he's an NFL talent, you know, maybe not a starter. It's hard to say, but, you know, he had 15 touchdowns and only four interceptions uh, in the XFL. He He's only 25 years old. You know, he went undrafted in 2017 out of Temple, and he was on the Colts practice squad for a couple of years. You know, he showed that he's a really high-level athlete, and he's got some arm talent. So I think he's going to get his shot somewhere. I like to see him get a shot. He looked, um, you know, of course, looked pretty well in the XFL in the in league that uh, has, as in my opinion, was more of a development league than anything else, which had a great product. Unfortunately, it took a hit from the COVID-19 outbreak that uh, is spreading across the country. And, of course, hopefully uh, we'll see some sports here soon. But regardless, uh, everybody's lives are more important than, than a game. <clears throat> Going to the NFL free, agent, free agency back – um, to that, who's your winners, and then who do you have as some of your losers so far uh, early here in the free agency? Well, I think the obvious one that we'd have to start out with is Tampa Bay. You know, them bringing in Tom Brady, I, obviously that was a huge pickup for them. You know, Jameis Winston um, had a really roller coaster season last year, but bringing in a guy like Tom Brady, at the very least, it stabilizes the positions. You know, we kind of touched on it earlier, the Bruce Arian system, more predicated on the deep ball and taking shots downfield. I'm not sure that really fits Brady's game at this stage in his career. You know, so how are they going to cater this offense to Brady? That's going to be interesting. You know, Brady really, like I said, he hasn't had a wide receiver like Mike Evans probably since Randy Moss. So it, it had to be a factor in him deciding on Tampa Bay. Um like you had mentioned, O.J. Howard is you know a, a good young tight end as well. So they have some pieces there. The defense has some pieces as well. And it, it's going to be interesting. I think Tampa Bay is definitely the big winner uh, for sure. But another team that maybe flew under the radar as far as a winner for me <laughs> was the Las Vegas Raiders. You know, signing Marcus Mariota, it's not the big splashy move, but I think it should put some pressure on Derek Carr and at the very least, give them some depth of the position. You know, John Gruden really loved Mariota coming out of the draft when he was working at ESPN. And, you know, Marcus Mariota hasn't lived up to the hype. 
or the expectations of being a number two pick. But he's still only going into his sixth season, and he's much more athletic than Carr. And I look for Carr to be on a short leash next year with Gruden because I think Marcus Mariota is going to get a shot to play for the for the Raiders. And I think uh, Gruden really likes the you know appeal of his athleticism and some of the things that he can do with his playbook. I would agree. I definitely uh, Las Vegas was my, um, of course, Tampa. I think it's going to be everybody's top favorite to uh, to be the winner so far in regards to free agency. Granted, we still got some we got days ahead of us, and still some great talent out there in regards to to free agency. But Tampa by far, Tampa by far is the is the favorite. I think Las Vegas. I would probably go out on my end um, would be Indianapolis with Philip Rivers. Uh, Granted. Rivers is on the downhill of his career, but he's still got some gas left in his tank. Um, very familiar, of course, with some of the coaching that's up in Indianapolis. Could po- potentially be that um, bridge quarterback that might be the mentor to Brissett. Maybe that can give Brissett some confidence learning from behind Rivers. Your thoughts on Rivers to Indianapolis on a one-year, $25 million deal, and, and how does and how does the Colts look like for you in regards to 2020 with a, for the most part, a pretty decent division. Of course, the Titans would be my favorite to win the AFC South. But what's the coach looking like for you in regards to Phillip Rivers? Well, it, it's definitely interesting. It's a move that I did not see coming. You know, I thought Brissett kind of had an up and down season, but he did show some nice things for them. I don't think he's the long term answer. And obviously Rivers is not going to be your long term answer with the age that he's at. Exactly. And like you alluded to. Yeah, like you alluded to, you know, he took a step back last year and I think that's why the Chargers were okay moving off of him. But as far as the deal, you know, he gets a one year deal. So I kinda like the fact that it's just a one year deal. It maybe he can be a bridge quarterback for a guy like Brissett, you know, maybe stabilize that team for a bit. I also would not be shocked though if they went after a quarterback in the draft still. You know, and, and then used uh, Rivers as that as that bridge quarterback for a, a young QB that maybe they want to develop. You know, I, I just think it's interesting for sure, though. Absolutely, and again, I think Jordan. I think Indianapolis. I didn't see this coming at all. I had Indianapolis uh, drafting. I think it's Jordan Love, the quarterback out of Utah State. I know a lot of people's high on and kind of on the um, play under the radar type quarterback. Of course, not coming from a Power Five conference, but again. We've seen quarterbacks um, just like a Carson Wentz. Granted, his his injuries has been playing most of his career, but uh, from non-power five or even smaller universities to coming up and being starters. So who knows? Jordan Love may, assuming that he gets the pick from the Colts, you know, you never know. And of course, Rivers has got a lot of experience. Uh, he's been to the playoffs. Of course, not much success in the playoffs, but regardless, he knows what it takes to be a. Uh, everyday starter and hopefully the, for the Colts um, that 25 mil will be worth it uh, I know since we last spoke Todd Gurley Melvin Gordon has been picked up uh, of course I'm a Broncos fan but from a non-biased standpoint it was an excellent pickup for John Airway in regards to upgrading um, the running back core from a year ago that was pretty inconsistent on sides that the offensive line was not great at all but for Denver and John Elway, John Elway took and taking a lot of heat, I should say, um, from the Broncos country community, so on and so forth. An excellent free agency for Denver. Where do you see Melvin Gordon at in regards to the starting, or do you see Denver potentially doing a combo running back duel 
with the uh, with the help of Philip Lindsay. Yeah, it's interesting you brought that up because I had uh, Royce Freeman on my list of losers in free agency because I think he's going to be on his way out, it looks like, with the Melvin Gordon signing. I think it's a really good move by Denver. you know. And I think Lindsey has shown that he's a high-level running back that's still going to get a lot of touches. So I don't think they're going to move away from Lindsey. I think it's going to be a two-headed uh, snake right there in Denver. But with Roy Demon, you know, unfortunately for him, I think that leaves him on the outside looking in. You know, he had only 496 yards and three touchdowns last year, only ran for 3.8 yards per carry. So I, I doubt that they're going to keep Lindsey, Gordon, and Freeman. So most likely, you know, I think that leaves uh, Roy Freeman looking for a different team. Now, he's a young running back, so I think he's going to get a shot somewhere. Uh, but yeah, he's definitely one of the losers in free agency, but I do think Denver is one of the winners, you know, getting a solid running back like Gordon, a guy who's still pretty young and is definitely going to bolster that running game for the Broncos. Absolutely. And that was Denver. And of course I'd be the non-biased, but I think John Elway especially was the winner. Uh, you know, the last few years has not been his greatest. And even for the organization hasn't been the greatest since Super Bowl 50. And of course um, the loser in my opinion, would be Royce Freeman. Of course, um, my my thoughts were well with Devonte Booker departing a departure from Denver. I was assuming that he would definitely be a part of that two headed snake, if not at least a backup role to an extent, unless you get to the goal line uh, where he's more of a physical running back than he is um, on the every down play. Your thought, um, my loser for number one is so far as Kansas City. Kansas City, of course, they are Super Bowl champs, and don't get me wrong, that's. They're definitely winners in that. Losers in regards to making moves, not much cap space. I believe they're going to be only have three or four mil, if, if not over the cap space. Where do you see Kansas City with their future in regards to Kansas City? Um, got a lot of questions to ask because they got to start paying their, their young guys. Yeah, you know, we, we tend to see this, it seems like, almost every year after a team wins the Super Bowl, all of a sudden you got to start paying guys. And, you know, guys want big deals. And usually that's why we don't see a lot of uh, repeat winners in the Super Bowl because usually after a big win like that, you got to pay guys. And a lot of these young guys are going are gonna to want big deals. And, unfortunately, with, uh, you know, a hard cap in the NFL, you're going to have to move off of some of these guys. So, yeah, I think financially they're kind of in a tough spot. You know, they still have probably the best quarterback in the league, you know, one of the best talents we've seen in a long time. So I, I still think that they're a legit contender. They have, you know, obviously a lot of talent on that team still. But, um, yeah, financially, it's, it's hard to keep all these guys. You know, like I said, when years past, we've, we've seen it, uh, whether it was the Seahawks to come up. And they come up as a young team. And before you know it, that, that window closes quicker than we think. Now, Brad, do you see – I know – I was been I've been on a business trip all week long up in northern Oklahoma. Um, myself and a few guys were there, and we were talking about Patrick Mahomes. Could we see Patrick Mahomes being the first quarterback that could potentially make forty mil? Uh, you know, I, I think he's, he's worth it. You know, I think as far as what he's done, he's worth every penny. And they're definitely going to have to open the wallet to pay this guy. But at what cost? Because if you look at like a guy like Tom Brady, right, this guy never took the big deal in New England when he clearly deserved it. And it really allowed New England to build a team around him for years and years. They were a contender. And I think if you pay 
Mahomes the big deal that he deserves. But if you you know if you open the wall for this guy, I think it's really going to restrict what you can do building the rest of your roster. So it's going to be interesting to see if if this is a guy who you know wants to get paid his top dollar. Or if maybe he's willing to take a, a team-friendly deal so they can help build around him in the future. Um, it's it's interesting. I know we got Todd Gurley. Um, I guess in some aspect, um, loser for wise, contract-wise, do you know exactly why the reason he was the Rams um, departing, letting go of Todd Gurley out in Los Angeles? Uh, I think, you know, they had to get out of that deal. Um, you know, he they had a bad contract with him, and they, they really screwed up when they signed him because they, they signed him a year earlier than they needed to, to a big contract, and then he had the injury, and he just has not looked like the same player that we saw just a few years ago. And I think it's clear that we're not going to see that Todd Gurley again. Now, you know, I think he could still come in and provide um, some, some, some playmaking for another team. You know, maybe on a limited type role, a 10 to 15 snap player, you know, where he can come in and, and give a guy a breather. But I, I don't think we're ever going to see the uh, workhorse, you know, top level Todd Gurley that we saw early in his career, unfortunately. And I think the Rams knew it and they had to get out of that contract. I agree. I was kind of wondering if maybe besides the injuries and, of course, Todd Gurley not being the Todd Gurley that we've know, known of the past, um, if there's any other reasoning, of course, out in L.A. of of um, Todd Gurley's departure, of course, quick signing to go back home to Atlanta uh, for the Falcons. It was a great pickup for Atlanta, especially uh, if he can stay healthy, it'd be a heck of a steal. And my last loser um, is the Chicago Bears fan base. What in the world does Chicago have up their sleeves in regards to um, trading for Nick Foles, the former Super Bowl MVP, who still has a quite a bit of contract on 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 hand? And do we see Mitch Trubisky's days numbered in Chicago? Actually, no, this is such a messy situation in Chicago. I think they are really stuck in no man's land right now because <laughs> Trubisky clearly, you know, Trubisky's clearly not the future, and neither is Nick Foles. You know, I think they're just kind of stuck in a place where you never want to be in the NFL. You know, with the NFL, you either want an established veteran guy who can take you to the promised land or you want a young, up-and-coming quarterback that you can develop. And right now, it doesn't look like Chicago has either one of those. So I think they're in a bad situation. I think bringing in Foles clearly has the writing on the wall for Trubisky. It lets them know that, like, hey, we don't believe in this guy fully. You know, at the very least, they're adding some quarterback depth with Foles. But it's it's ugly in Chicago. Um, I I don't think either one of those guys is a long-term answer here. I don't either. Nick Foles, of course, coming back um, from an injury-prone season last year or a year ago. Um, Dallas, and last one on this one, then we'll talk last question with the CBA, and then I'll let you go, is Dallas Cowboys. What does Dallas go from here? They, of course, franchise tag uh, Dak, which was no surprise. But, again, we're going to, like you mentioned earlier, these franchise teams get in financial binds, and Dallas is going to get to that point, of course, Last year, paying Zeke uh, the money. They um, signed, of course, Amari Cooper. <clears throat> Excuse me. Of course, they signed Amari Cooper during the offseason on a um, five-year, $100 million deal. Of course, 60 of it's guaranteed. Where do we see Dak moving forward? Um, I think this year's getting 36. But what is his contract looking like for the future? And is he the long-term answer for Dallas? 
yeah, you know, I think I think that he has to be the long term answer, and I think uh, <clears throat> it's interesting because they give Amari Cooper this big deal, they franchise Dak. They should have franchised Amari Cooper in Dak a, a long term deal. I, I I was really scratching my head over this one. Um, it's it's just a lot of people look at Dak and myself included. I'm not sure he's ever going to be an elite level quarterback, but quarterback is a position where you you've got to sign this guy to a long term deal. And with the franchise tag, it's almost like Dallas is saying, okay, who do I begin that you can do this? Absolutely, um, Jerry Jones. Of course, uh, he's wanting to put a Super Bowl product team out there. I'm not for sure they're there yet. They got the talent. Uh, Mike McCarthy, of course. How do you think he'll succeed in Dallas um, as a head coach? Of course, Mike McCarthy has been successful at Green Bay. How do you see, see him being fit, and was he the right hire for Dallas? Well, I think only time will tell. You know, <clears throat> Jason Garrett clearly had uh, – had become stale, you know, in, in Dallas. And I think his message had really grown old to the team. And it, clearly he was not the, the answer to the Dallas Cowboys. You bring in McCarthy and here's the guy who's got, you know, a Super Bowl ring. He's a, an experienced NFL coach. And uh, I, I'm sorry, man, I'm getting a bunch of technical difficulties here. It's like, uh, feedback. They're getting a bunch of feedback now all of a sudden. Yeah, so you're starting to break. You were kind of breaking in and out. I can clearly hear you right now, sounds like. Hopefully. Okay, yeah. When, I was, when I'm talking, though, like what I'm saying is feeding back into me, and it's, uh, it's really screwing with me here. Hmm. Interesting. Up until just a little bit ago. It could be my Wi-Fi on my end as well. Man, let me. Uh, <clears throat> I'm I'm sure you probably can edit this, and I apologize. <laughs> You're um, good, man. <laughs> so, let me start back with uh, Mike McCarthy. I'll try to just uh, get through this here, and I apologize. It was just really a big time. Um, but bringing in a guy like Mark or Mike McCarthy. You know, I think that it's going to be interesting to see. Only time is going to tell what he can do with the Dallas Cowboys. But I think they were ready for a change. And system he runs with Dak Prescott. And I apologize. This is, like, so hard to do now. Feeding back, like, crazy. Yeah, I know. I was going to say it's starting to, for some reason, we're continue, continually – Having technical difficulties. Um, can you hear me? I can hear you just fine. It's just when I speak, it's like what I say is coming back through my speakers. So it's like really hard to uh, make this work right now. If you're just joining us, um, get Brad on here. He is the Host of Pint Glass Football Podcast. <clears throat> We've been talking winners and losers 
and uh, Tom Brady. And last question is, what's your thoughts on the NFL playoff expanding to um, to fourteen? Yeah, so the NFL playoff expansion, you know, from everything I'm reading, it looks like it's going to be 17 regular season games, seven playoff teams uh, from each conference, only one bye per conference. I think the fans love it because there's more football to watch. I think the NFL loves it because there's more money for them and the owners. But the NFL players, I assume, hate it because they already have short injury play careers, you know, and everything else, a shorter lifespan. You know, no guaranteed contracts. You know, players are really taking all the risk while the owners are benefiting from it. So I think on their side, it's not a good thing. But I'm not really a huge fan of it. It was great. But, you know, it was 32 teams, 16 games, 8 divisions, 12 playoff teams, 2 conferences. Everything about the NFL schedule seemed to fit and work perfectly. I just don't see why they needed to take No, I don't need it. I'm not a huge fan of it at all. Um, I'm not. I don't understand why, why they needed to change it. But um, I hope it works for the best for the league. I don't know. You know, I think St. Louis or St. Louis, Los Angeles Rams, and I believe Pittsburgh would have been the extra teams last year if they would have done it this um, last year instead of this year. Getting more teams in, I think, makes it more for fun for fans. Like. You know, it's more football. The owners love it. People like it. But I just think it worked so well the way it was before. I just didn't think they needed to do this. Let's try this now. But, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I don't, I'm not very fond of the playoff exchange, uh, change. I know in other sports they're they're doing the same as well. But, you never know. Um, 17 games uh, is going to be something different, definitely, to see uh, moving forward with the NFL. And as we finish off, uh, of course, give Brad a uh, – give Pine Glass Football Podcast a follow on t- Twitter, at PGF Podcast. Listen to them on uh, iTunes and Google and any other platform that they can listen to you, uh, Brad. Yeah, so I'm on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, pretty much any of the major players. Uh, I'd love for you guys to give it a listen. And uh, like said, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram as well, at PGF Podcast. And I really appreciate you having me on the show today. It's a lot of football, and hopefully we can do it this year. Absolutely. Well, uh, I'll definitely get you on, uh, Brad, after the draft, which is here coming in a few weeks, and then we'll be able to finally – put in the pieces for what teams, uh, the winners and losers. And as always, um, follow Brad PGF podcast, follow air rate underscore podcast. And of course, follow me on my personal podcast for all the interactions throughout the week and download on iTunes and Google and iHeartRadio. Brad, it's been a pleasure looking forward to talking to with you here in a few weeks. Thanks again for having me on. Hey, absolutely. Brad, take care. And I'll talk to you soon. Noise. And uh, guys, as always, um, again, 
Brad um, from Pint Glass Football Podcast. It was an honor uh, having him join us today. I know he's a busy guy, and on a Sunday morning on the West Coast, definitely appreciate it. It's only 8.46 their time. So, again, thank you so much for Brad Pint Glass Football Podcast. Again, uh, Denver uh, did do the signing of, of uh, Melvin Gordon. Uh, just a few days ago, two year eighteen, uh, two years, sixteen million dollar deal. Uh, it's going to give what the edge of Denver running game is. It's going to be a ground and pound. You got the experience in regards to Gordon. You got the uh, youngster with um, <clears throat> with Philip Lindsay, John Elway, of course, by far in my opinion, one of the best uh, free agencies that he's had in quite some time. In regards to what he's doing in Denver, and um, we'll see, we'll see exactly once the draft hits up how that looks for the Denver Broncos, and not just Denver, but the remaining of the league. Uh, we still got some top free agencies out there, free agents out there, so probably not going to be too much of action going on today. But again, uh, Denver. Um, AJ Bouye, of course, acquired from Jacksonville in exchange for a 2020 fourth round pick. Uh, Jarrell Casey, the five time Pro Bowler, uh, defensive tackle for with the Titans, uh, Denver exchange for a seventh round pick. Uh, Graham Glasgow, uh, one of the premier offensive linemen with, that was previously with the Lions on a four year, four, uh, 400, four year, $44 million deal. Melvin Gordon, of course. The highlight, in my opinion, uh, two years, 16 mil uh, deal, 13 to have guaranteed. Justin Simmons, of course, no surprise, placed on tag. And then uh, Nick Vanett uh, yesterday, the tight end from the Steelers and Seahawks on a two-year deal that more than likely will send, if not both, Jake Butt and Jeff Howerman to the free agency. Uh, thank you so much for everyone that was chiming in on Periscope. Um, excellent. Like I said, we had Pint Glass Football Podcast Brad on. Uh, great to uh, have him on. We'll definitely be talking more in regards to the um, free agency once that gets going more. And then, of course, the NFL draft here just in less than a few weeks, less than a month, actually, till the NFL draft. And uh, I would say probably the highlight and the shocker of the year so far, free agency-wise, and I did not bring this up, but I will now. DeAndre Hopkins uh, going to Arizona along with a fourth-round pick in exchange for running back David Johnson and a 2022nd and a 2024th round pick. But as always, um, you guys are one of the best, and as always, uh, follow me on Twitter, on air with Mike. Follow the show, Air Raid underscore podcast. Listen to us on Anchor.fm. Download and download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Google. Listen to us on Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify. Uh, I uh, tune in, Stitcher, uh, Stadium Scene TV, which will be up and running here shortly, probably later on today. And then download and listen to us on iHeart Radio. And as always, you guys have a wonderful weekend. Stay safe out there. And uh, I'll see you on the other side. And let's talk some more sports. And uh, hopefully we can get the normal life back to realm. Take care, guys. And I'll talk to you soon.